Hello and welcome to another Sustainable Wine podcast. This is a recording of a conference session that took place on the 22nd of June 2021 as part of our Sustainability and the Vineyard Conference. There are many more sessions like this to listen to and many more podcasts. Just search for Sustainable Wine on your podcast app. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this session of uh, Sustainable Wine. Delighted you could join us. Thank you very much. I am Richard Bamfield. Um, I have nothing to do with sustainable viticulture, except that I, I really enjoy talking about it, listening about it, learning about it. And I do feel that uh, it's very much the path that we as an industry need to be headed down. In fact, as I think we'll be discovering during this session, it is about much more than just the viticulture. Um, it's about the overall approach to one's business, and I'm not. I think we're beginning to, increasingly beginning to understand that one can't necessarily dissociate the vineyard from um, a, a more holistic view of sustainability. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined this afternoon. And this is a session. I should say this is a session on how we how grape growers can be encouraged to work more sustainably. And I'm joined by Anne Bousquet who with her husband founded Domaine Bousquet in, uh, in Argentina uh, some time ago now, over 20 years ago now, I think. Um, so that was probably before uh, a few other French families got involved in Argentina and very um, perceptively and farsightedly, you founded your business in Guadalajara, which already is at altitude and which since then uh, you've been joined by a lot more vineyards, um, but you were obviously pioneers in that in that area. Um, and uh, Domaine Bousquet are, I, I think, the largest producer of um, organically uh, made wines, uh, grown grapes in uh, in Argentina, and probably the largest exporter as well. Uh, as well, I would imagine. Um, and also, we have Bruno Le Breton from Domaine de la Jasse uh, down near Montpellier. You're in uh, the Erro, Bruno. Would be right. In what? The Ero. Yes, Ero. Yes, you were in the. Sorry, it's a difficult word for the English to pronounce. Ero. <laughs> and uh, and you unusually you, you, most of your wines are based mainly on Cabernet Sauvignon, I think. Although I know I know there are one or two others in the area who do that as well. Yes. So you obviously specialise in that grape down there as well. Um, and you have been highly involved with. Uh, corporate social responsibility and managing your estate in in very much the, the holistic holistic um, sustainable way I understand and with a particular emphasis on the community and what you see as your social obligations I think to your to your employees and the people you work with um, which is hugely admirable. Um, so thank you, as I say, both very much for joining us. What I'd like to do to kick off the, the conversation, I'm, I'm going to ask each of you to say a few words about your estate, how you perceive your role at the moment in terms of the relationship with the uh, grape growers you buy from, maybe what the challenges are and how you see that uh, evolving in the future. And do feel free to say a, a few words about your estate generally uh, as well, because um, not all the audience will necessarily be familiar with them. Anne, are you happy to, to kick off with that? Sure, sure. So yeah, we uh, thank you very much for the, for the introduction, Richard. Uh, so yeah, we are, uh, I'm from the same region as, as Bruno here, uh, from Languedoc, from uh, Carcassonne. Uh, not too far away from Montpellier at all. Uh, and uh, but I haven't lived in, uh, in Carcassonne for, for a long time. I left when uh, I was young to go study in the United States and then ended up in Argentina. Um, growing on a, on a vineyard in Languedoc, I, um, I said I will never be in wine, never. <laughs> and so I studied as an economist, became an economist, worked for the paper industry. Uh, I thought it was such a hard uh, industry to be in and to, to grow vineyards um, and, and be at, at the mercy of, of Mother Nature. But um, like uh, the, the saying says, never say never. And here I am. <laughs> I've been now uh, fully involved since 2008 in the family project. So yeah, we had a vineyard in, uh, in Carcassonne. Um, we sold it and, plan and uh, bought a virgin land in Gualtadari, Yucoval in, in uh, the Mendoza region in Argentina. 
we were one of the first one. It was a planting there at 1200 uh, meters altitude. It was a virgin land, so it had never been cultivated. Uh, so we were starting from a very fresh start, planted the vineyard uh, in 2000, and we started to sell our first bottles in 2005. And now, um, 15 years later, we, uh, we are um, uh, number within the top 15 exporters, biggest exporters of Argentina. But our particularity is that from the get-go, when we planted the vineyard, we certified organic immediately. And so by the time we, we sold our first bottle in 2005, we were already certified. And all our production has always been certified organic, making us, as we grew our production in our sales, making us the leading um, winery in Argentina, um, for organic wines, because we are the only one in Argentina that has all its production organic. Um, so I'm, I'm not in Argentina at the moment. Um, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Miami because now since 2015, I was living there full time with my husband and my daughter before 2015, but at the winery. But now we are in, uh, we moved to the United States, to Miami to, to set up our own import company and we import only organic wines in the United States, our wines, and, and we expand also our portfolio in the United States to uh, other wine from France, Italy, and we keep expanding on uh, certified organic wines. But um, that's a little bit of a background. Um, so now I share my time between US, Europe, whenever I can go and, uh, and Argentina. Um, when we arrived there, as I said, it was um, a sub-region of Mendoza where there was no winery at the time. And like you pointed out, Richard, now we are, we are not alone anymore. Uh, since Gualtieri is, uh, is uh, uh, becoming known uh, more and more every year for the high quality of its wine. So more investment as, uh, as poured in the past few years. But when we arrived there in the late 90s and being one of the first one, the challenge we had, we had many challenges, obviously. Um, basic challenges, electricity and water and all that, making the wells. But then it was also, um, as we were growing in production, was to, uh, to get growers uh, and, and uh, get growers in the region to become organic, which was very new for them as they were growers starting new vineyards to make them uh, go organic. And it has been, I have to say, a very difficult task at the beginning because this is something that was not on their radar at all. And so we have uh, really worked very hard over the past 10, 15 years in advocacy. And it has worked. Is, uh, it is one parcel at a time, one vineyard at a time. And, um, and it's just about advocacy, yes. It's, it's teaching and helping. Uh, we do this through a lot of, uh, first of all, technical assistance. So we have our, our team um, headed by our agronomist who is, uh, who is helping them with technical assistance throughout the year, throughout the year. And then um, economic assistance, we help them to, um, to uh, we, we participate to the cost of a, of a certification every year. And uh, where we help them the most, I would think economically is that we, um, we also give them a contract and guarantee them a price that will be higher by the market price because we recognize that farming organically is as a bit of a higher cost even though now the technology helps but um we we uh we have a contract that gives them uh the guarantee of a purchase and also the guarantee of a purchase at a higher price than the market price because you i don't know if if that happens in other regions, but in, in Argentina, it's a very particular market for grape buying because the, the, when you're a winery, you, you buy the grapes, but really not buy. You, like you commit, you get the grapes into your, into, uh, into your winery, but the price of a grape is negotiated at the end of the harvest. So the, the growers give you the grape, but they don't know. At the time they give you the grape, they don't know the price. They're going to sell it to, which is, it, it, it's, it's blind mowing because it's, it's, it's very, very difficult for the growers. So what we decide to do is it's not just sustainability, uh, environmental with the organic aspect of it. It's, it's social economic sustainability for these growers. Um, so from, from the get-go, we, we, before they enter the grapes into our, our wineries, 
we have contracts with them saying whatever the market price is going to be, we will respect them and we'll go both. And also we we also then, but even before the harvest starts, we commit ourselves to take their, their, their grapes because that's another problem. The big, big wineries can withdraw their commitment at any time because there is no binding. They don't do contract with them. We decide to do this contract for them, but we want to the only winery who does that. Uh, so also it, it happens that some big wineries had told them they will take their grapes and at the last moment they say, no, we don't. And that's a big blow for these small growers. And the smaller they are, the biggest blow it is. So um, this is how with all these aspects of technical assistance, the economic assistance, and the, the economic sustainability by guaranteeing them a purchase at, 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 uh, at a, a price above the market, that we have been able to develop a community of growers. Uh, now we work, this year we worked with, because we just finished the harvest, we worked with 27 growers up from 22 last year, up from 18 the year before. So as I say, one vineyard at a time, one person at a time, we getting more growers that are understanding what we're doing, we're understanding what we're doing and we're interested in what we're doing because it gives them that economic and, and, and uh, sustainability. And, um, and um, we are very happy to have this community. And we have been able over the years by adding more growers, uh, we are responsible for uh, turning uh, 360 hectares in our area into organic farming. Of, of course. So that's uh, thank you, and that's that's super impressive, and it's really encouraging to hear that every year a few you have a, a few more growers coming on stream. Um, does the obviously it's easier for you to pay a price premium for the organically grown grapes if you can then sell the wine for a slightly higher price because it is certified organic. I'm just wondering whether you are able to do that, and if so, in which markets um, you think organic wines are most likely to command a price premium? That's a great question, uh, Richard. Um, the consumers are not ready, I think, yet to pay a premium for the, for the organic, uh, organic wines. We're not seeing that. Um, so when we pay a premium for the grapes, uh, we just eat it. Uh, and the uh, we we not we not uh, and we sell mainly we we say we sell about six and a half million bottles mainly in uh, North America and Europe and no but, but we we cannot yet put a premium on the on the wine because it's organic unfortunately. Okay. Yes. I was I was afraid you would say that you might say that. Um, it's it's so interesting because I actually my own view is that before the pandemic in the UK. I think we were just beginning to see signs that the that there was a, a premium being paid for wines that had some sort of sustainability credentials, whether it was organic or biodynamic or fair trade or whatever. Um, but I, I fear that the pandemic may have uh, stalled that development. But I, I think there was also the one the one thing that I think has continued. And again, I, I'm going to continue on this theme for a moment if I may because it's so relevant to sustainability because the, the, the economic sustainability underpins everything else I think. Um, so even if, even if the buyers aren't actually um, paying a higher price for organically produced wines, are they more likely to, do you sense that they're more likely to request organically produced wines? I sense, I know that, for instance, the, the Scandinavian monopolies, in their tender documents now, they ask producers to outline their sustainability credentials. And I sense that other retailers as well are beginning to push a little bit harder down this route. Is that what you're finding? Well, again, yeah, we worked a lot with the monopolies in the, in, in Northern Europe, uh, and but again, I think it's going to be it's going to have to be an integral uh, effort of all the stakeholders in the industry. And um, I mean, we were just talking about this just before we started actually that session. Uh, I mean, we're very happy to be to be a newly founding member of a, of a sustainable uh, roundtable, and I think this, initi this, this initiative is, is fantastic because 
um, we need a group with all the stakeholders to, to go a bit faster in this. Um, we, we need the help of uh, us as producers of other retailers to help us with the advocacy because here's advocacy on all parts. As the producer, we can do the advocacy with the growers to get that part of the chain because we need the growers to get you know, certified organic to have the production so we get more wines organic, more quality wines organic. But then there is the other part, the advocacy to the consumers to help the consumers understand understand and we see uh, we are a lot based in the US we sell a lot in the US and we see the, the confusion also sometimes the, conf the consumers have I mean in the US you also have for example you have a distinction between made with organic grapes USD organic natural biodynamic sustainable all this you know and in Europe the same maybe in Europe you don't have a distinction with made with organic grape and organic there you, you don't have this a bit more simple but still there is confusion and I think we, we need to be a group with all the stakeholders in the industry and work together uh, to, 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 to do the advocacy on the consumers, make things clear. And also is everybody involved um, because also whoever makes the rules, let's make them maybe more simple, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's about advocacy for me. That's a big word, teaching people. Thank you, Anne. You are a great advocate for our round table as well as for organic. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, Bruno, um, what about yourself? You're in. You're you're in southern. You're still in southern France, so you haven't been tempted by Argentina as yet. But I get the impression that's partly because you've kept yourself fairly busy in France, and you've had a growing business as well. And I think I'm right in thinking that you have your own vineyards, but you also buy grapes from other grape growers. Is that right? Yes, it's, it's right. And I arrived at this property in uh, 1995 as an analog winemaker, when a Dutch wine merchant bought the vineyard. And uh, 13 years after, I, I bought from him the domain and the estate in 2008. And uh, so now it's my family business. And uh, we were quite successful. We export many of our wines. And I wanted to understand why we were so successful in this period. That was, was critical. And uh, to be honest, I, I really understood that the Dutch, uh, my Dutch boss, was really clever in the in the way to to do the things that make sense to the client, to the neighbor, to the. And I wanted to 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 put some word on that and the strategy view of, of the the what is the wine that really answer to the what people expect. So I, I entered in this process of uh, social responsibility engagement. And uh, we, we were to the ISO 26,000 norms. And uh, that helped us a lot uh, to understand uh, how, why we have success and where are the risks for the future. And uh, the, the, the big part of the, 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 the success of the company is also of the partnership we have with some uh, uh, grapes producers on one grower. Uh, we buy grapes and we buy wine, and uh, we are producer négociant. So in Montpellier, in the south of France, and uh, we created brand. And uh, when we we started to be producer négociant in 1995, it was quite unusual in the south to do that. And we we immediately uh, uh, created wine uh, on the on the way that the people expect from us. And we we decided not to to do what did the the, the, the neighbor. That's why we started with Cabernet Sauvignon on Merlot in the Garrig area, in the stone. And uh, it was at this time not very usual to do that, but it, it makes sense and it continues to make sense. So it's good to, to, to follow this line and this path to, uh, to really understand what the, the, the consumer uh, like and how they see you. And um, the, the, of course, the, 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 the issue for that is to involve your partner. Uh, we have 50 hectares of vine, but we also have 12 partners. Uh, every year we have more or some stop or some continue because we, we, one of the targets is to involve them more and more in sustainability. And you know, the Languedoc region is a very old traditional region of, of the wine production. And it's, it's very funny to see uh, how some producers, they, they move very fast on this subject and some other they have difficulties to uh, to continue and to, uh, to 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 change the way they do so uh, for for us it's a big challenge to uh, to convince 
and to help them. I, I was very impressed uh, to hear about how Han uh, in Argentina uh, did the job with uh, the, the neighbor. Uh, the, the thing is that in France, uh, we have different steps and different standards. We are Teravitis and uh, HVE, High Value Environmental, and we try to, to, to help our partner to, to be engaged in this kind of uh, certificate. Uh, it's important because it's a first step. It's the first step. And what we explain them, uh, our success, the success of BLB Vignoble, of my company, uh, is based on that uh, capacity to, to answer the, 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 what people expect. And uh, if they want to be part of this uh, success, uh, they have to also understand what we are doing and, do, and, and, and follow us. And we see some cooperative or wine producer, they are very proud to sell our wine, their wine to us. Because they know all the effort they do, we use this effort and we push this effort at a, at a high level. And uh, it's, it's, I think, of course, with the economic, we pay more, but to make the, the, the producer proud of what he's doing, uh, at this time, it's very important. Uh, the, 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 wine producer that, the wine producer that are not very close to the market, that they don't pro but, uh, produce bottles or they don't see the, 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 the final consumer, uh, they, it's very difficult for them to uh, to live with the attack, with the pesticide, with the pollution, with all the things. So, in a way, to work with us, uh, give them a, a they're proud of what they do, and we try to uh, to share with them this uh, this all this effort they do, and that we uh, we take benefit of of it, and they are part of the success. Thank you, Bruno. And are you are you in a position like Anne, where you're able to pay a a price premium for uh, organically grown grapes? We we, we pay uh, more than the market for sure. Or, or more most important for them, we we take the wine and we pay maximum ten months after the harvest, and they are sure of that. And uh, we are very loyal. Uh, and we, we follow that, that line and it's important for them to be sure that they won't have the, the wine there in the winery and they, they will be paid uh, very fast. And it's important in this system because uh, economically this region is, is okay. Uh, compared to some other regions, it's better. But uh, the, these people, they need to have the money to continue and to, 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 to take care of their vines. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a big part of our engagement to be for, for them it's that we we promise and we do to pay them uh, early. Yeah, I'm sure that's very, very important. And do you, I mean, the, <laughs> I, I live in the UK, so I, I, invis I imagine the south of France and Mendoza in Argentina being sunny and warm all the time. And if you are going to be organic, it strikes me it may be a little bit easier in those areas because it is drier and sunnier. Is that fair or are there, I suppose what I'm getting at is how easy is it for growers to be organic or is it still pretty difficult in, uh, in let's say in the south of France, first of all? Uh, we, we, we don't push too much our partner to be organic because it, it's not so easy. Now for now 10 days, uh, you have a humidity around 90% and uh, some thunderstorm every day. And uh, I can tell you that the mildew is very active in the vineyard. Yeah. So it's, it's not even if, of course, the climate is, is, is better in the south of France, but the, the, the temperature is so high. So for all the mushrooms, it's fantastic, <laughs> including the mildew. So not be, be organic is still a challenge, a technique challenge. And um, if, if you don't uh, really trust in it and uh, leave it, uh, you, you will do some mistake. And we see in France, the, the people who succeed in organic, it's because really they, they, they live with that. And uh, it's not easy. And also, we, we try to, to, to help them, of course, to, to, be, uh, to select the, the, the pesticide and all the, the, the cultural method uh, in the way we do it with the HVE or Teravitis uh, to be in the, the direction we, 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 we like. And we analyze every uh, wine we buy with the, we analyze the pesticide that we can see. Uh, to be sure that they don't use bad pesticide or if we notice some, we don't buy the wine. Okay. And in the, in the French market, and uh, 
because I, and I only mention the French market because you know an awful lot of French wine is still sold within France. How well regarded um, are the Terravitis and HVE certifications by the by the consumer? There is a big competition now in the French market. And the, the strange thing is the competition and the, the debate, the discussions came from the, the nature wine. The nature wine arrive in the market with not big volume, but they, 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 they make the confusion bigger and bigger because the people, finally, the, the consumer, they, 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 they're interested to understand. And the nature wine put the fit in a, in a place on the mind of the people that wine could be part of the nature. They are less and less and less. So it's, uh, it's something very dangerous for the wine industry because, of course, wine is not coming from the nature. It's coming from us. It's our decision. It's not a, a decision of the nature to the wine. But at the end, the, the people try to make their own classification of all these standards on the, on the view of the organic, biodynamic, nature, and the Terravitis and HVE are compared to them only on the view of the pesticide and the residue of pesticide you have in the wine. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trap for the environment, is a trap for the, for the wine industry because, of course, pesticide is a subject, but we have a lot of subject around the environment. Of course, the contribution of the, the, the vineyard of, of the company is more interested uh, than only the, the, the residue of pesticide. And so at the, at the end, um, the, it's difficult to have a real discussion and debate in France about that because it's, a, it's not a debate, it's a dogmatic and ideological discussion. And at the end, the consumer, he doesn't learn a lot and uh, we don't progress. So I, I said, Anne, uh, I think it's good to, to Altogether, nature, organic, uh, terravitis, work on sustainability together to move the wine industry in this direction. And uh, we, we are not to be a battle against each other. We have to be together to win, uh, to convince the consumer that uh, the wine is a part of the, 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 the solution for the future. Uh, but we are not competitors to a nature wine or organic or also. But it's difficult. It's very difficult. <laughs> It's such, a, it's such an interesting area at the moment. And I, I share your anxiety about the use of the term natural wines, because I think it, the implication is that other wines aren't natural, which is very dangerous when we know that so many of them just are, that wine is made honestly uh, by people with, with the best intentions. Mm -hmm. Even if they are using um, chemicals, still they can still have the best intentions um so yes i i think it is confusing and we're, we're seeing that i think in other markets as well although possibly not quite as much as in france um it is a it is a tricky one but it's it it strikes me that hv uh hve is a really in, i i like the sound of that and it seems to have made a lot of progress in the last three or four years um so it'll be interesting to see where that goes over the next four or five yeah. years. But maybe that, that is the one that seems to have the most um, momentum at the moment, if I can use that word. Um, okay. Uh, and there's a, question I'm, there's a question that's been asked, which I'm going to ask you, if I may. And it's a, it's a really valid question, which is, do people buy organic wine for environmental benefits or for health reasons? Um, I think I think both. I think you you, you find um, talking when wherever wherever we have the chance to talk to consumers at at tastings and all that, um, you find both. Uh, especially here in the US, we are we, we sell more in the US, so we, we are more present in the US. Um, I've seen people interested in both, and and uh, and and that's the growing trend. I think. But this growing trend that is growing slowly, and, and that we need to 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 uh, to explain better how we contribute being organic, how we contribute you know to, to the environment, how as farmers we are uh, we we definitely are first role to see the changes in, in the climate. I mean even us in, in Mendoza and to, to come back to one of your earlier earlier questions about how dry it is or humid it is in the wine regions where. In Mendoza, we are blessed to have one of the driest wine regions in the world. 
So that makes it easier for organic, definitely. Definitely, we have a lot of sun. I lived there seven years and I can attest that there is a, it's a desertic climate where we are. So we have, we must have a good 300 days of sun a year. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing climate, but um, we can still see now in the past few years how the changing of the climate is affecting also, also Mendoza, like every region in the world, you know, is affected. There is way less snow, you know, in the mountains in the winter. Um, in the 90s, you used to have a lot of snow falling where we are during the winter. Now you don't. And so that means there is also less snow in the mountain Andes because we are at the foot of the Andes and we have less snow, we have less water for agriculture. So there is a huge stress on, on, uh, on uh, water availability and restrictions on, on uh, the possibility of doing new wells or more agriculture. Mm. which is a pity because, again, there is a big potential to scale organic in Argentina thanks to the climate, but we see the effects of, 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 the, of, the, of the climate changing. And so um, as we, we, again, you know, advocate and explain all this to the, to the, to, to, to the consumers, that helps, uh, you know, to, 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 to have them understand this effect and being organic and, and putting less chemical in the soil, how we can sustain the soil for more generations. Mm. Is there any way you can, obviously one of the reasons that you are certified with something like EcoCert is that you can use that logo and so that can appear on your, the back labels yeah. of your wines. Do you communicate what you're doing uh, about sustainability in any other way on your labels, either with a QR code or with other words that you use in the way you introduce the estate? not yet but we're working on it we um very actively working on this right now with uh, putting qr codes and we also are going to we just launched dtc like a lot of people you during a pandemic a direct to consumer website in the united states to sell wine directly to the consumers and we're going to have a page there it's called the world of organic explaining uh, organic, explaining uh, what I was saying, all this confusion that there is trying to make it um, really um, uh, uh, easy, easy to, to understand. Uh, we thought at first that we thought as a mini, maybe a mini book, but we said, no, we have to go to digital. So we're going to do a web page explaining all this, trying to explain to the consumers. Uh, also the sulfide, there is a lot of questions when you talk to consumers about around sulfide levels. Mm. So organic wines usually have a much lower sulfide and then in the US you have a no sulfide added wine that, that are USD organic. So um, what I noticed coming to uh, back to uh, people buying wines for health uh, issues, what we found a lot is around the sulfide issue. People think sulfide give them headaches. And so they're looking, they, they approached us when they look for uh, wines with lower sulfite or, or no sulfite added at all. So that's a big concern. And so we want to uh, uh, get to, to, to the consumers through this webpage that we're building at the moment, because we found the need for it, as I said, of advocacy and teaching. Well, it's, it's really interesting. And I noticed that you, you, you actually through the domain, you have a you have a very wide range of uh, wine uh, lines and ranges and brands, and each of the brands has their their, their own USP, if you want, and that one of them is sulfite free, and that goes back, I say to I imagine to what you were saying earlier. You were both saying that there are lots of different customers out there, and different pe different people. They're looking for different things and there are different trigger points, I suppose, right. either on the label or on shelf. And so I suppose by having different brands and different ranges, you can appeal to a broader number of people. On the sulfide-free aspect and the, the health aspect of that, um, just saying to the audience generally, and I'll, I'll try and send a link, um, if you haven't seen the article that appeared on jantisrobinson.com last week on this issue, uh, featuring some research from a, a new master of wine, Sophie Parker Thompson, um, on precisely this area that, that basically debunking the myth that sulfites cause hangovers yes. and actually making the opposite point that sulfite free wines are much more likely to be a cause of 
problems uh, because that it, and it's actually um, uh, the amines in wine uh, that, are, that are a much bigger problem than the sulfites. Really interesting article. I'll try and find the link while we're, um, I'll, I'll, well, you were answering another question and uh, I'll, I'll post that, but it's a, a really good article and turns on its head what a lot of the public would think is the truth about this issue. Well, so, the dry apricots have way more sulfite than wine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's what I say at my talks. If you're, if you're, if you think you're allergic to sulfites in wine, can you drink, can you eat, can you eat dried fruit? If the answer is yes, it's not the sulfites. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but there is a demand in the uh, United States because of a distinction they've done between made with organic grape and sulfite three. We, we, we had to, at one point, we, it, it was the demand that made us do the sulfite-free wine because there is a demand in the United States for this. Yeah, yeah. Bruno, I just want to come back to the um, specific uh, point of this session with one question. Um, and this, I, I think this may apply to both of you. It does, uh, Anne's talked about advocacy. And at the moment, you're both advocates for what you believe in in your local communities, and you're putting it into practice with the way you run your businesses and the way you source scrapes or wines, in your case, Bruno, from other producers. Presumably, it really helps you, Bruno, if the grape growers you're working with become your advocates as well, and that they are encouraging others to follow suit. Um, it just strikes me this is so important because it came up in an earlier session today. I think Nicole Rolle asked the question. There's so many, so much good intentions out there, people wanting to do the right thing. How do we scale that? How do we get more people involved, more grape growers involved? And it seems to me the, the, the best way probably is for the existing grape growers to spread the words to others, spread the word to others. It, am I just a, a dreamer, Bruno, or is that possible? No, no, you're not a dreamer. It's it's really possible, and it's I'm I'm quite sure the best way to promote it, because uh, the, the, the 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 wine producer, the wine grow the, the the grapes grower, they 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 trust more their neighbor, the, the people they are like us, like people like me coming with a okay, we have. To winemaker, we have an engineer in the in the team, and they say, but they they they, they believe more the people that are the the, the, the feet on the, the ground, and the, and of course the because that, that's it's a risk analysis, and uh, they all react considering the risk they take to do that or that, and uh, so it's difficult to 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 be sit in the chair of someone else, but. When when we have a, a partner that works with us, is is the best uh, promoter of uh, the, the partnership we have, and it's it's really uh, uh, a target of, uh, of of community and uh, and a group. And uh, hopefully in the south of France, you, you have a, a lot of one of one producer, so uh, and a lot of cooperative, and they they they. they in the Languedoc region, they change a lot of the way they, they produce the wine. And uh, most of them, they're open to the change, to, to change the, the way they do. And, uh, but it's going so fast. The regulation, the reglementation are going so fast that it's sometimes difficult for them to follow that. So it's, it's a mix of the, 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 the promotion of the, 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 the community. We receive a lot of people in the domain, a lot of wine growers to, uh, to show and to communicate how we do it. We, we don't try to make them a, a, a recipe or something direct accessible for them, but okay, we how we do. And uh, they see that they have other way to do the things. And uh, yes, you're, you're right. The, the, that's why I said before so, but we have to, to, to have the same target and not be in competition between each other. And uh, Forget the dogmatic position, and, and find to try to find a solution. And just one other point: the discussion you had with the the, the health reason to buy a sustainable wine or organic wine, it's it's something we we 
we we we we discuss with the the, the doctor when we we wrote a charter of, of responsible testing uh, uh, a few years ago. So we we were in this community of people uh, specialists in addiction, and uh, they was terrified. They were terrified on the way we let the wine producer make the the illusion that you have an health benefit with the alcohol product. And it's funny to see how they, they they see all the stamps, the label we can put in the in the, in the bottles. In France, in the the organic uh, uh, stamps, say the, the the slogan say "Good for all the world," with "Good for the world," "Good for the people," and they were terrified. Say, okay, how we can let this message on the alcohol <laughs> product? And now. All the spirits can be organic, whiskey, gin, vodka. Even the art seltzer for the young people can be organic. And they say, okay, that's not possible anymore. For sure, they will have a problem on that because alcohol is not for everybody. And you, you, you can't, it's very dangerous to mix a message of health with the alcohol product. And it's, uh, it's at this time not a big problem in France, but I'm sure in the future it will be because the the the, the all this lobby of the, on, on the health is so big in France that w one day they, they will ask uh, the, the wine industry to, to be back in the wet where we are. <laughs> we are a special product, very dangerous, and we have to take care on that because uh, it's a risk and uh, it's it's a risk we, we don't manage very well at this time. I I think that's so true. I, I, I'm normally a very optimistic person, but I, I am concerned at the moment. I think the anti-alcohol lobbies around the world are becoming increasingly strong. And even though I think sometimes they're a minority, they've got a loud voice yeah. and they, they use their voice very well. And I, I think the wine industry has to be very concerned that unless we demonstrate our own sustainability credentials really well. Um, I, I can see alcohol going the same way as cigarettes in terms of the, the regulations. And, and I, I don't want to be a scaremonger, but I, I, I think we have to be aware that that is a possibility. That's what, that's what certain people would like to see. And we have we have really a good position because the wine is it share, it's a product share with the family. When we receive the, the the family in the domain, we can discuss about that. And that, that's the way we use the, the charter of responsible testing only to 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 put the subject on the table when the people come uh, to visit us. Mm -hmm. And the other alcohol spirits they don't have the same opportunity to do that because it's many consume in a discotheque or bar. But we we have a part of the problem with a. But we are surely the solution for the society. So it's an opportunity for the wine industry, I'm sure. But we have to take it in our hand and to to promote it. It's 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 so true. I, I do think the the advantage of what the wine has over other alcohols at the moment is, I think, a certain percentage of the the, the population do think that alcohol is a is a more natural product. Uh, Saying it's a more <clears throat> healthy product may be going too far, um, and I share your concerns about uh, about trumpeting too loudly the health benefits of wine. Um, and you must be so aware of this because obviously you're, you're you're living in the United States, and in in the U.S. it's known for some fairly vocal lobbies lobby groups, and uh, I'm sure the anti-alcohol lobby is is one of them. Yeah, but at the same time, I agree here that about the you know the, the wine as opposed to liquor is more family restaurants. It's it comes with a meal, so I think that the, the wine industry, I agree with Bruno, needs to to promote more these values, and and uh, it's very strong in Europe. You know, you to have wines with your meals, to 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 share moments with friends and families. Uh, family members and and uh, uh, it's it's very strong also in Latin America and, and in Europe and in the US. So you still see a lot of wine consumption pairing with food. So I think that's uh, that's an important point. Um, and to tell you the truth, in the past uh, 
in the past year and a half of the pandemic, consumption in the U.S. has gone up. So um, of, uh, of alcohol in general and uh, and uh, wine has, has been uh, has been holding its own. So it's uh, it's been good for that. Um, and but I wanted to to go back on some of uh, one point of, of you know it was totally right. Talk, going back to the growers and uh, you know how are we. About, about your question, how you involve the growers to help you spread the world. And, and like Bruno pointed out, is, is talk with them a lot, but we do the same thing. We, we bring them to our winery. Uh, also, Bruno had a very good point to show them the product because these are growers who only have a vineyard, only the grapes. So what we usually do, when again, when there is no pandemic, is at the end of the harvest, once we have all the, the, the we've crushed the wines, we will bring all of them and do and do a day or half a day of tasting all their wines blind, you know. And so they see the product and they can taste, they can taste their grapes before we start blending, you know, with our own grapes and, and their different and the grapes of the different growers. And that has worked. We started to do it uh, two, the, two, the two years prior to the pandemic. And that works wonder because they are able to taste their grapes. Because imagine that we, we are wineries, so we have our own grapes, our vineyards, and then we have a wine, so we taste constantly our grapes, but they don't normally. So that is, that is amazing. The awareness this has created has been fantastic. It's such a fun day, you know? So we do that. Uh, and then, you know, they stay for lunch. We have a big barbecue, you know, in Argentina, that's what you do after the tasting. So we usually do in the morning, then we have a lunch together. And then um, we also meet with them all, usually before the harvest. We have, a, again, another big barbecue where we, we you know, start to, to talk about the details of what's coming up. So we try to meet with them, with our community of growers, uh, at least twice uh, with all the group, at least uh, twice, uh, put the, all the group together at least twice a year. And, uh, and in order to, um, and so that helps for them when they, and they taste after the harvest, they taste their one, they can talk about it to other growers. So that helps a lot, that makes it concrete. And now what we're trying to do, uh, this is the initiative of our chief agronomist, is we're going to start this year, actually this month, um, because now, remember, we're in the southern hemisphere, so we just finished the harvest, win the winter so now we're gonna have we plan to have four uh meetings where we invite um our current growers but we invite also potential growers we're gonna put it through the radio to 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 to, to uh to uh spread the word uh through the local radio to get people to come it's gonna be open door you come in you have some wine tasting and we're gonna talk about organic what we do you know uh fair for life because we're also certified fair for life our our vision of 360 degrees sustainability you know which is environmental with organic but also social economic and all we can do in in the area because we're very rural where we are and so we're just going to do four meetings uh, over the next uh, two months um to to open open door and, and come and teach and that we want to do it every year at this time of the year during the winter and and, and have whoever wants to come in the in the in the area come and we will teach them and eventually you know we're thinking we can have get speakers on 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 um particular uh you know, with focus theme, um, because also we can help each other out because one grower uses one one equipment and we can lend it between the grower community. So we don't, have, you know, it's less investment for each of them. We just have one that we get together and we, and we lend our equipment or, you know, we can share knowledge and, and like that we grow the community and we help each other out. And I, I don't know quite how you manage that. So you, I, I was going to ask you about the uh, social community side and community side of your business, and you've already answered that question. Okay. You've answered exactly what you're doing, which is which is just that's outstanding work. And the idea of and of letting them all taste their own wines. It strikes me that you must have a, a tanks of a lot of different sizes in your winery, yes, uh, because you obviously need yeah. some quite large ones for your your bigger volume. Uh, yeah. wines, but you must need an awful lot of smaller ones for the, exactly. for the different growers as well. Well, good for you because it does seem to me that the that as I kicked off right at the beginning, that this whole notion of sustainability, the viticultural element can't be um, taken on its own. 
uh, it has to be supported by what's going on on the social and community side as well. Um, just, just one other question. Where, where people um, don't, if you approach growers or um, you know of growers who you'd like to bring on board and they resist, where does the resistance come from? Um, wh why would people not uh, work with you? Uh, so working with us, is, is we're asking them uh, to, to certify organic. So the resistance will come more from the, the, the fear of losing yield uh, if there is rain, even though we have a very dry region. But we, as the climate change, we, can, we now get to uh, have some rain more than other years. Um, so they are scared of that. In 2016, for example, Mendoza uh, had a very rainy uh, harvest, and that really uh, was shocking to them because they were not used to it. They were not used to see so much rain. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like in any other region, when we approach them to certify organic, they are very scared of that, of not to have it hands tied because of the certification and not to be able to, you know, put uh, whatever they need to put uh, in the vines as chemical is required if there is rain. So this is where we work on them. So maybe, um, you know, we, we, we share all our knowledge and, uh, and, uh, it's, and, and it goes through the social economy. We guarantee them purchase. So we say that we will be your safety net. We will uh, help you out. And, and like that, little by little, we, we, uh, we, can, uh, we can convince them and we persist. <laughs> and we just pray it doesn't rain. <laughs> All right. Well, look, look, look. Um, good, good for you. And the, the, it strikes me that what part of the yield issue, obviously, that brings into play water, which isn't specifically the subject of this, this session. Um, and presumably, you can share with the the people you're working with, what your knowledge of how to manage water best to help balance yields and organic viticulture as well. There was, I don't know whether you, you caught it, but in, I think it was in the first session this morning, there were some mind blowing figures that Nicole Rolle came out with um, about the water retention capacity of soils and how tilling and plowing, um, how it reduces the, the water retaining capacity of the soils. They, they were, really quite startling figures. And I think, I think we'll be able to access, well, we can certainly access past sessions if we want. And I think we'll be able to access the chat if we want to. I unfortunately didn't make, make a note, but it, it, the main point was being made that if you, um, that if you plow and till, then you are, you're releasing moisture. Um, right. And that yeah. that's very, that's, that, you know, that, that's unnecessary and it's again it's counterintuitive because for so much of the the last few years with organic producers saying that they they will plow as in order to so they don't have to use herbicides or pesticides but now we're hearing that actually will plowing <laughs> that causes problems as well there is never an easy solution is there there is no <laughs> that's a problem yeah Bruno, in, in your part of the world, what about, I mean, I associate, I, I, I have no idea uh, what percentage of the production in the south of France goes through cooperatives, but I've always believed it's a relatively high percentage of the, of the production. Mm. I mean, what's the, what's the trend there? Is there a trend towards more sustainable practices as well within the cooperative movement? Uh, yes, really, really. We, we, we really see that the, the, the more and more the, the cooperative, they, they, they survive and they, 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 they make success because they are very close to the market. Even if they don't bottle any, any wine uh, because they have partnership. But the, the partnership are more and more focused on that subject. And, and uh, we received last week uh, uh, all the team of the big cooperative, they, 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 they did 240,000 hectoliters last year. So a very big one, the biggest of the Aero. And um, they, they explain us that more than 50% of the vineyard is uh, HVE. Uh, yeah. 
So really, the 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 the, the, the cooperative, they understand it, it's it's brand new because of sustainability. They 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 finally have a link with the final consumer, if, even if they don't see it, <laughs> see him, even if they, but through through the contract they have with the the, the big the big player, uh, they, they have they understand that they have to follow the line, and uh, it's a big movement in the in the in the south. And also perhaps because it's more easy than in some other region, but uh, the, the the yes, the, I, I see we have some very good partnership with some big cooperative, and uh, they they are now aware about all this subject. Mm. That's look, that's that's really reassuring. I'm glad to hear it, um, and I'm pleased to see that uh, in the audience we've got various people here who have quite a lot of influence in this area as well. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, nice to see Hannes Schultz here from uh, Geisenheim and uh, also uh, Eddie Del Popolo from Argentina. Really nice to see you here, Eddie, as well. And uh, I suspect that you would be agreeing with a lot of what Anne has said as well. Um, so thanks for joining us. Um, there are no, I've got no more specific questions for you here. Um, and there's no more in the chat and we're reaching the end of this session. So Anne, Bruno, I thought I'd give you a chance to, um, is there anything you'd like to say to wind up on this subject? There may be vital questions that I've forgotten to ask. Well, for me, what um, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, it, it, it was great participating, and thank you, thank you, Richard, for for this session. And because I think it's it's a it's it's a very important part. The growers, you know, um, are are the so 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 important to the whole chain. This is where you know it starts. This Venus, and like I said, for for us, it's been amazing when we count um, for the past. 10 years with, with the work we've done together with the growers, how many hectares we've been able to convert to organic in Yuko Valley. And that is 360 more hectares of, of organic farming. And, and that's an achievement that we did as a group and we did all together. And, uh, and so we need to continue that helps converting the regions to organic. And, uh, and this, Again, like you said, Richard, the pillar of everything in that sustainability in this is the social economic system sustainability. There is nothing without it, you know. Uh, and so this is what we've learned. We've learned doing it. Uh, and, and, and it's been a tremendous experience to be able to do that because, again, we started with 20 years ago, planting a vineyard, you know, really starting from zero. And now this region, the way it has evolved, uh, has been amazing. I, I, I invite you all to, to come to, uh, to see this uh, little paradise we have over there because literally it, it's such a beautiful place with such a great climate and, and having the Andes. And so to see how uh, this region, you know, I, I came first, you know, in 2000 to, to, to Gualtayari and, and I saw it back in 2000 and now 2021, it, it is such a different, a different region that has evolved so much thanks to the wineries, thanks to the investment of the wineries. And, and, and it, it's been a whole economic ecosystem that has developed. And that, at the end of the day, what allowed to have these growers, to have these growers having the vineyards, to have these growers certifying organic. And, 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 and the whole ecosystem that has been uh, created is, is amazing. And to have been a, bit, a little part of it, you know, has been a tremendous reward. Um, so that is the pillar, and that for me will be will be my conclusion: the social, economic, sustainability, and and to do it as a group involving all the stakeholders. Thank you, Anne. Bruno, a last word. Yeah, so thank you very much for this fantastic organization. Just one thing: I, I always explain to my importers. They, 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 won't, they will never buy a sustainable wine until they are not sustainable themselves and until they don't involve their clients to be also sustainable in the way they, they buy and, the, and they do the things. Uh, we, we created all together uh, the concept of sustainable wine, but it included everybody, all the stakeholders. And uh, so we work hard and we, we need the feedback. So thank you to, to create the, the, the condition for that. <laughs> Look, we will all do our best. Thank you both so much. You are wonderful advocates 
for sustainability. I know you'll be terrific advocates for the roundtable as well. And I'm so pleased we can look forward to your contributions in the future. So thank you very much for joining us uh, with Sustainable Wine today. Thank you very much for the audience, for your participation, for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the day. Goodbye from myself in London, from Anne in Miami and Bruno uh, in the Ero. Okay, thank you.